Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Probably one of the silliest things I've ever done. <laughs> what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right, thank you. A question yeah. as a as a, uh, a a writer as you are, away from the wrestling world. Have you managed to feel inspired during lockdown to to write? Because I know some people have really struggled with it. I don't know whether you've found it acceptable. Yeah. So writing for me, I feel like I've had writer's block for like years. I'll start an idea, and <clears throat> it'll get good bones, and then I don't know. I just stop, and I know just kind of the ebb and the flow of like the creative process but really since i have nothing but time (laughs) you know these days um a lot of my time either goes to like training or like you know watching wrestling studying things like that and if i do find myself writing i find myself a little less inspired somewhat um you know personally you know my personal life is just taking a hit but professionally i'm on like kind of an uptick so i've been trying to focus on that and usually I write because, you know, the things in my personal life that maybe I want to get off my chest or things like that. So maybe a bit of escapism there. But <laughs> What else have you been filling your time with uh, during the isolation period, the hellscape that is 2020? How have you been filling your time? Working out a bit, you know, taking walks, enjoying nature, just trying to reconnect really with my family. You know, we're all kind of just stuck here under one roof. So it's pretty cool to just kind of reconnect just in those ways, I'll feel like I usually feel more grounded the next time I'll have to like wrestle because I'm not like usually by the time I sit my bags down, I can take a deep breath and I look up and I'm like, shoot, I guess I got to pack up again. huh? Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of just, but at least now there's so much time in between like <clears throat> my matches and things like that, that I really get to reconnect and walk into each match, like not rushing. So I'm lucky enough for that. 
How many people are under the roof that you're living with right now? Two others. Ah, oh, that's that's not too many. You haven't got under each other's feet then. You haven't you haven't annoyed each other no. to the point of distraction. <laughs> oh no, we all have our own wings that we're all. Oh nice. Is this yeah, do you, yeah. do you, do you get together on an evening and hang out then with you guys or? Yeah, it's mostly like pass by, high five, keep going, how you doing, you're all right. And then we go back to our little caves and whatnot sometimes. But yeah, every once in a while we'll just kind of sit and eat or just like maybe like watch a TV show or something. Yeah. must be quite nice to have sort of the best of both worlds because there'll be some who are in, um, who, are, who live with, with partners and family who are just desperate for just some time on their own. And there are some people that live on their own who are just like, I just want some human contact. So you've kind of got the best of both worlds. You can dip in and out. As, as and when you choose by the sounds of it yeah yeah i do like to uh you know get my hermit on a little bit you know kind of tuck away definitely for like a day or two i like doing that um but human interaction is nice sometimes but i find that i have to practice <laughs> <because> <laughs> how does that so work how does that work practicing is i invite i imagine it involves shaking hands with a pillow like how do you how do you practice human interaction <laughs> It's just like, um, I, I knew, I was like, okay, so I'm going to have like a podcast. I got to talk to another person today. I haven't done that in a little bit. So <laughs> let me just focus on, you know, speaking calmly, taking my time, you know, ending my sentences definitively. You know, it's just like I have to practice not talking in shorthand, you know, because, you know, and not, you know. I don't know. Just I know that maybe sounds. Good. No, no, I, I get it. It's this, this is what 2020 has done to us. We're at a point where we're going. We need to re we need a refresher course on how to how to work around people. That's what this year's done to us, Trish. Yeah. You know. So I, I and, and, the, and it says a lot when you can say that to somebody and they go, Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely had to like practice and slow down and be like, okay, but you know. <laughs> but so. for you, at least, the wrestling world seems to be opening back up again, and we're going to be talking a lot about uh, what what you've got coming up and, and places that you've been. But while we're here, uh, we are getting you set for a trip to a desert island, Trish. So uh -oh. we're sending. I know, right? It's just what we need after this year: desert island trip. And right. on this desert island, you're allowed to take with you uh, three wrestling matches burned onto a DVD, uh, three matches of your choosing as well. So, what would you like your first wrestling match to be, Trish? Okay, my first wrestling match that I would take with me. It's going to be Jacqueline versus Crash Holly. Jackie is the toughest woman in the business. Bar none, and she's damn sure tough enough. History of making an historic evening at Tacoma as Jacqueline battles back against Crash on top. Look, listen to that. Wow, Crash, they playing around. You hear? wrestling growing up I grew up watching wrestling and it was just interesting at like just from a representation standpoint you know um to see like a black woman wrestler was like so cool to see her in jazz like out there really like you know just putting in work was really dope to see as a kid but this match especially really like stuck out to me because 
into gender matches was just kind of something I never really, you, you know, as, as a kid, before I had to be a part of a match like that, I just didn't really think about it. I was just kind of like, that's just a girl beating up one of the guys, so to speak. So, and for me, I grew up with five brothers, so I definitely had to do my fair share of shoving around. So I thought that was so cool to see that on TV. It's kind of the first time I saw that, and it just, it, it all made so much sense just to see how, you know, the match sort of comes to fruition. And even on commentary, they put together the story, you know, so they fill in the blanks for you. So if you're sitting and watching just that, they kind of do the work and filling in the blanks. And so you get kind of a fuller story, even though the match is relatively short. So going back and watching that match as an adult, having to, you know, be a part of those intergender matches, I'm looking at that totally differently. And the psychology of that match is just so brilliant. I just, I, I watched that match with a smile. I just, just <laughs> such fond memories. And then to just see it age so well uh, as an intergender match. And especially at that time period, you know, where, uh, I don't know how to say this. Maybe they would appear a little, I don't know, maybe hammy some of the intergender matches a little mm. bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm not worried about right. But... No, they, they weren't taken seriously. Like, there was there was an overemphasis on the intergender match, whereas a lot of the time on the independent circuit now, it's, oh, by the way, it's, it's Trisha Draw versus Shug D. And, like, that's it's two people wrestling. It's, it's, yes. less, it's, the, fact that it's the fact that it's a non-conversation is the important part. Yes. You know? Yes, very um, much so. Tell me about growing up with five brothers in the house. That must have been quite a, quite a, quite a challenge at some points. Uh, lots of shoving around. Mm. But at least the hand-me-down clothes were pretty cool. You know, I had a lot of starter jackets growing up. <laughs> were you the youngest so then, cool, or were yeah. you somewhere in the middle? I have four older brothers and one younger brother. Was that a, crowded? Yeah, but... I imagine. Is there a particular brother? Because I mean, it's. I'm not saying choose your favourite, but was there a particular? <laughs> well, I mean, you can if you want. Um, was there a particular brother that you bonded with over the others? Yes, uh, my my next older brother. His name is Brian. He's um, we we talk all the time. He's actually about to have a baby. And oh wow! That's gonna be, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, so that's pretty nice. But we grew up pretty close together in age. We're about four years apart. So um, <clears throat> I got to put him in a lot of wrestling moves, and he got to put me in a lot of wrestling moves. Like, you know, everybody has that that sibling that they kind of <laughs> – so uh, being that close in age, I kind of ended up being like the test dummy for uh, as many sharpshooters and figure fours that I've been put in. I wish I could explain to you all. <laughs> Is there a particular so, moment wrestling with, with Brian that you can remember being told off? I, you've gone too far now. One of you's hurt yeah. the other. <laughs> there is, isn't there? Actually, yes. That's when <laughs> my intergender career started, really. No. <laughs> we were just horse playing around, and uh, one of my brothers goes to stand between us, and I move him out of the way, and I grab Brian and just in this ridiculous shoot hip toss just like throw him over and like slam him down and the whole house just gets like super quiet and everybody's like alright that's enough and they just kind of like pick me up and they kind of just separate us and he's just like laying on the ground like what the hell just happened I was like 8 at the time so <laughs> I 
don't know. I swim my intergender careers. That was that was the first. That was the. Was this before or after you'd seen Jacqueline versus Crash Holly out of interest? I hadn't seen that yet. Oh, I hadn't right. seen that yet. Okay. You know, this is just us like horseplay. I just didn't even understand what these movements were or what we were doing at the time. Like I remember these vague memories, of, like going to Blockbuster and getting these old USC DVDs. You know, back when they had like Volume One and all that. Oh my gosh! And some of that kind of is so burned in my memory at that point. You know, wrestling was in its infancy. I didn't understand. I just kind of grabbed them and went. And it was just. It worked. <laughs> was that your your introduction to sort of combat sport? Was it watching UFC from Blockbuster? <laughs> Some of those early, oh my gosh, it was so brutal too because like the the rules weren't as like you know watching it now. There's so many like like rules. People were wearing like gis and like shoes and and boxing gloves and no gloves, one glove on, just like. It was just madness, really. It's, it's so strange to see, like, looking back at that now that you've watched – when you watch MMA, like, with all the stylized rules and things like that, just seeing those, like, bare-knuckle brawls, it was like, kind of brutal, but pretty interesting overall. So what was your first impression, then, to go from watching MMA to watching WWF, which is a, a very different world? What was your first impressions of it? Yeah. It was just so – like, my dad would put it on all the time, and, like, so, you know how, like, you, or, um, WCW would have, like, the, uh, smoky ring, and, like, after the pyro was off, and all the intro, and, like, all of, I was just like, what is this? And I just, I don't know, I just kind of sat and watched, and everything. they knew. I was so young. I mean, everybody else knew what was going on. They had picked their favorites. They knew the story, and we got to come back next week, and then, then Thursday, and then Monday, and then we flip channels because maybe Raw's cooler this time, or maybe like you know, oh, we're gonna watch. Oh, just it was just so like it's just an experience to just watch. And I remember seeing like Diamond Dallas Page and like Sting was just some of, like the first, you know my introduction to like wrestling and just seeing these like really interesting cool characters and then you know there's Shawn Michaels and like mankind and I'm like what is happening here and then you got cruiserweights and then and then women and so just so much sorry I don't know if I'm rambling no you do you're great you're doing great okay <laughs> don't let me get talking but um yeah that was like my introduction like just some, some of those early interesting interesting memories but you talk about you talk about guys like diamond dallas page that you loved and watching yeah. wcw and talk about when you, you you mentioned there that she was very much a role model to you and um tell us about the first time you saw jacqueline wrestling though yeah i thought that was like so cool i was like wait a minute wait a minute black women are wrestling okay wait no this is this is interesting this is cool and so that kind of like piqued my interest you know i was always kind of i would see other you know other wrestlers that had stuff in common, like, okay, other black wrestlers, you know, stuff like that. And I would gravitate towards them, you know, want to root for them. That was cool. I knew somebody that looked like them or maybe had that same story. That's interesting. And I, I just couldn't believe seeing Jacqueline. She's just so strong. And she was always taken seriously, too, like, to be so beautiful, but always taken seriously, you know, like, to get in there. Oh, my gosh. I just loved watching her wrestle. Just Victoria and Irie, just to just see – 
that seriousness being taken with her, but to still be so elegant. And, you know, you know, I, you know, she was a part of those evening gown matches and the bra and panty stuff. And, and hey, it's all good, you know, half of the time, sure. But to also be taken absolutely seriously, I, I love that about Jack. I thought that was so brilliant. And to see Jazz come in, too, is just... Brilliant. I get so happy. It's, it's great because you see it. And then the nice thing about doing these is with, when we talk about matches that people like, you can you can hear it and you can see it in them when they talk about how much this means to them. Have you ever had the opportunity to, to, to speak or to work with people like Jacqueline and ja or work with Jacqueline and Jazz and tell them so? Like, tell them the impact that they've had on you? Got to maybe go down to one of those seminars. I know Jazz was maybe having a few seminars. I might have missed those, but I'll definitely make a point to just link up with her and maybe just sit under her learning tree. You know what I mean? She just seems so cool and is so well-respected amongst everybody. I, I really admire that. I'd love to. From all your family that were watching wrestling, how many of you, including yourself, wanted to get into the art of wrestling? You know what? I thought it was all of us. <laughs> I thought we were going <laughs> to... We're supposed to run through, you know? We're supposed to do, like, a, a little Von Eric situation. We're supposed to have a thing, you know, I guess... I don't know. I think maybe everybody just kind of grew up and I don't know. And I did too. You know, I was going to take another path altogether. Um, but I never really, I never really forgot about wrestling. You know, I joined the army when I was 19 and I just, and by the time I got out, by the time all my paperwork finished up in 2016, I was like, okay, so the next phase of my life is what I want to do. I'm going to do that thing that I've always wanted to do because I was more or less concerned with putting other people first and, you know, just doing things that would, you know, just, I don't know. They just, they just weren't for me. I, I just knew they weren't for me. And I was like, what if I became a wrestler? What if I did it? <laughs> I said it. I said it over and over. I was like, man, I should just, like, what the hell? What, what else? You know, what else am I supposed to be doing? Right. So, <laughs> I just went ahead and did. It. I don't know. I'm rambling again, maybe. You're, no, honestly, <laughs> you honestly, you're you're doing, you're great. You do, you're bloody brilliant. You're bloody brilliant. Um, no. Who um, who wanted you to join the army? I was waiting tables at the time, and you know, I walked into the kitchen area, and one of my coworkers walked in, and I was just like, man, I'm so annoyed by this. I, you know, at that point, um, I'd gone to college, you know, to study like communications for a year. I played rugby for a year. And that just didn't work out. And I was just back home, really upset, just trying to, I don't know. There was just this pressure, especially as the only girl, you know, to, to do so well and to just, I'm either going to have a bunch of degrees or maybe just be a doctor or a lawyer or maybe just join the army or do something like, you know, and I just, I feel like those are just the only options really sometimes, or maybe I was going to play basketball or something and, you know, that was going to be my way out. But it just kind of never really worked out that way. And so I found myself back home and just really upset with my prospects and, you know, <laughs> got a whiff of the army from my coworker, you know, he just kind of walked in and was like, Hey, do you want to join the army? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I didn't really understand what that meant. I don't know. I just, you know, I seen a couple of war movies at that point, but I was like, uh, I don't know if <laughs> that's going to, you know, and then, and then, you know, a couple of weeks go by and I'll ask again, 
they were like, hey, you know, I'm talking to this recruiter now. A couple weeks ago, last year. And then just, I don't know, he caught me on a good day. <laughs> and I was like, you know, okay, I'm talking to this recruiter. What's the, what, what are they going to be telling me now? What am I supposed to be, you know? And he, you know, they dangle a bonus in front of you. And they, you know, and the deal sounds so sweet. And you're just like, all right, <laughs> You know? So. You mentioned that, like, the, about the pressure for being the girl in the family. Did you feel like you had to be that rather than kind of being told you had to be that? I know exactly what you mean. And it's both um, because my mom was an only girl too. And she started having kids very young. And so she pretty much like every, pretty, like every four years, she like had a kid and so had a nice full family and just kept going and just had a nice full family. And she was very big on making sure that there was business that I handled first before, you know, because now my mom, you know, is in her mid sixties and she's gone back to school, you know, she's working at, you know, shelters and she's giving back to her community and she's doing all those things. And I'm extremely proud of her, but I do know that she would want me to handle some business first. And that's always just kind of been the vibe is that, hey, we're not slacking, you know. And it's just interesting, too, especially given my community. I'm from Washington, D.C. And a lot of times, like in these urban areas, there's this pressure that's placed on a lot of the women in the family and not so much the men. So it was very hard growing up and just seeing people, you know, being able to I don't know, just maybe being able to just slack or just have more lax boundaries or standards, excuse me, not boundaries, but uh, standards and things like that. Um, and I just never got to relax. You know, I never got to to do something for me and I never really got to like, I don't know, just lay down at night and be like, I did something that I wanted to do. It was a good time. You know what I mean? It just, it just didn't really happen all the time. So there was a lot of like, I don't know, just a general anger or maybe possible resentment that, you know, you have growing up under that. But I feel as though over time I've begun to shed that, you know, especially as I continue to, like, grow as a performer and I'm actually doing what I want to do. It's a little bit easier to kind of shed some of that. But How did you how did you take to the Army? Where were you stationed, first of all? Yeah, so, uh, oh, my gosh, a bunch of places. So, uh, Fort Bliss, Texas, Fort Hunter Lake at California. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, let's see, Fort Gordon, Georgia. Oh my gosh, Fort Gordon, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Why does that one resonate so much with you, then, Trish? Why does Fort wow. Why does Fort Gordon resonate so much? <laughs> That's a long. Story. Oh, hello. Oh. <laughs> no, Fort Gordon is great. No, I, I definitely learned a lot there. I definitely sharpened my craft there. Spent a lot of time there uh, in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I was stationed in Germany for a very small amount of time and in Kabul, Afghanistan for a amount of time as well. So lots of bouncing around. I got to train at like some really dope facilities like all over the world. So that was really fun. Um, the training was like top notch. I got to visit all types of facilities all over. So some, cool stuff. some people become lifers in the army where they'll be there like yeah. for the yeah, that'll that'll be what they do forever and that's amazing. But for you that wasn't the case. I know that you said that you reached a point where you're like, I want to do things for me now. 
Um, when was the moment where you went, I'm ready to, to, to call time on the army? That's when I deployed to Afghanistan. Um, it was just some hard changes that I had to go through that I, I don't know, you just don't really understand and nobody really explains it to you. And it's not in any book anywhere and it's not really in any movie either. And I don't know, it's just like times like that where you just kind of learn really hard lessons about yourself. It's just kind of like, okay. I think that, I, and then it just makes me, it, it made me wonder why I even signed up, you know? And, and once you start asking questions like that, it's just, it's like, why, why did I do this? Did I do this because I was born to serve my country? Did I do this because I was called, you know, from a higher being to just give this life of service in this way? Is that why I did this? If not, then maybe I shouldn't be doing this, especially at the cost that I feel like I have to pay and a cost that I feel like I have to pay, like, for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And it's just like, well, for a cost like that, if it costs that much, then I'd rather just do something that I'm 100% absolutely happy with. We all get one go round, and you've got to make sure that during your time here that you're you're doing stuff you love. And I know you've come from that family where you you have to put others first, but it's it's an amazing feeling when you reach that point. You go, actually, what do I want to do? What do I yes. want to do? And what's funny yeah. is is that your your army tenure started with a conversation with. Uh, with a colleague at work. Isn't that how you got into wrestling training as well? With a conversation with a colleague at work? Yes. That's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> That's so funny. And it would it would it would have never happened. That's so crazy. Like so when I when I was in DC, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go down and I was supposed to go to a whole nother school altogether. Right. But that school was two thousand dollars down and like at that point that's all I had. So I was like, oh shoot. Yes, I can't go. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, let me try to, like, get a job and figure this out. Like, driving to Orlando from D.C. with about $2,000 in your pocket, you know, in a car that you rented is without a solid plan on where you are going is probably <laughs> one of the silliest things I've ever done. <laughs> did you have a moment on the journey where you realized, like, did you pull into a gas station and were just like, <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? Oh, man. I had the conversations I had for that 15-hour drive. I was like, you know what? That's all right. We're just going to keep going forward. Just going to keep going this way. We're not going to turn around. There was about two times where I was like, oh my God, I think I should just turn around. I was like, I got really scared. Like I was crossing and I was like, shoot, you see like the Georgia sign. And you're like, oh, I think I'm too far now. I can't go back. <laughs> and I was just like, no, we'll just keep going. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. So yeah, there was a few times on the trip where I was kind of just crying it out, just trying to reassess my prospects and this is my first time, like, being away from home, like, in a way where, like, there was no safety net, you know? Because, like, in the Army, there's kind of always a safety net, you know? Somebody will bang over your bed when it's time to eat, you know? You ain't going to sleep, you know, you ain't going to sleep in too much, right, you know? So it's it was just one of those things where it's, like, it was all on me now, and I was leaving the city, going to a whole new place, and 
I realized like once I got there that I didn't have, I didn't have it together at all. And so, um, I was like, shoot, the job search starts now, I guess. So I started looking for gigs immediately. I was trying to figure out where I was going to stay, um, get myself situated. So it was like two months of that brutal. Um, but I got myself together and by the time I got myself really situated, I was working at Vans and, um, it was around the holiday time and they always do this thing where like, <laughs> they do this thing where they're like, all right, everybody talk about yourself. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> okay. And me is like the hella awkward person. I'm like, so, so, <laughs> And I'm like, shoot, I got to stand up and say, and I'm over here practicing my lines. And I'm like, okay, look at this and that. And I'm great. And I'm awesome. And I'm like, okay. And so this, this girl stands up and she's like, um, Hey, I'm training to be a pro professional wrestler. And I'm like, my head like pops up immediately. I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> I'm going to talk to her afterwards because yeah, we're going to talk. And so I was like, I got to figure out what school she's going to. Maybe there's another school at that point the amount of research I had done, there was like a school in, in Tampa and a school down in Miami. And I was like, oh shoot, that's a little too far. I was in Orlando. So I was like, shoot, hope I didn't strike out. Hope I can find something close. And so yeah, so afterwards, I, um, after all that, you know, I fumble over all my stuff. I'm like, all right, let's just talk to this lady after this. So I go over there and I'm like, hey girl, what's up? Where are you resting? <laughs> <laughs> You are my new best friend. <laughs> it's like, so where are we going? Where, where are we wrestling? What's, what's going on now? And she's like, I'm training at uh, Team 3D. Okay, I'm not going to hesitate the voice, sorry. But, <laughs> but she's saying I'm training at Team 3D. And, uh, and I'm like, nah. He's talking about like the Deadly Boys. They got like a wrestling school down here, yeah? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm training. I'm like, stop. Not really. <laughs> like, yeah, really. And so she's like, yeah, just come, like, visit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's all the information. It's this, this, this. And, and, and funny enough, it was only about 45 minutes away from this place that I just got. So I was like, oh, that's crazy. So, yeah, it all worked out. I went once or twice and, you know, went to go see the school. And I was just like, yeah. That's it. I, I saw them rolling around. I saw them, you know, doing lots of like, I don't know, just like lots of like training and things like that. So I'm just looking, I'm like, oh, okay. So they're intricate and they're, they're really honing in on certain things. So, and I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, cool. Thumbs all the way up. And I was signed up about maybe three, four months later, because I had to, like, work back up all the uh, the money that just flew out of my hands the minute I got to Orlando. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So you've missed out on exclusive Adam Pacitti Hell in a Smell 3 t-shirts. But since the winter has rolled in, you can still get your hands on Cultaholic zip-up hoodies. And for when you're heading out, a Cultaholic face mask. Get both of those, plus lapel pins, T-shirts, and exclusive posters at cultaholicshop.com. Compare how you felt signing to join the army to signing to train with the Dudley boys. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It was like night and day. I mean, not really like night and day per se. I was, you know, happy to sign up. I don't want to look back in anger. No, that's it's, and it, it's no disrespect way. to the yeah. army. It's obviously it's uh, the fact course. that it, this is we're going from something that you feel like you should do to something that you mm-hmm. really want to do, and that's the difference there. Yes. Oh uh, yes. I I I still have that picture. I'll uh, I'll upload it to my uh, social media today, but I still have a picture of where I like took a picture of my receipt. <laughs> When I like paid for my training, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. I I signed the papers and I was like, okay, what do I gotta go do? I gotta go this, this, this. I got all my little stuff in order. I immediately went to go get my um, my wrestling shoes. I still have that pair actually to this day. They're so they're they're pretty beat up, but I still have that pair. I bought like knee pads. I thought I was like so cool. I bought like <laughs> training shirts. Oh man, I you know. And it was still just so much learning to do. As, and I attacked that with, like, so much enthusiasm. But it was very, very tough, you know. And I consider myself pretty athletic. I think that I could, you know, hold my own in a way, you know, that would help in wrestling. And it did. But wrestling shape was just something. It's not, I mean, I don't know. Very few athletes can transition and there's not at least a little bit of a growing pain there just to get used to, like, wrestling shape. So. Was there something about the first week of training that surprised you about wrestling training? Specifically with uh, Team 3D's sort of style of training, their um, old school rules with new school tools, you know what I'm saying? So it's very like respect the business was the first thing I learned. Before I learned any role, before I took any bump, that was really the first thing, you know, and just how to conduct yourself as a professional was kind of the first couple of lessons. And I just, I thought, you know, when you're just at home watching TV, you're like, all right, I'm going to sign up. And then like in three weeks, I'll be wrestling AJ Styles. It's going to be lit. Life's going to be great. And, <laughs> or maybe not, maybe nobody else is that way. Maybe that was just, you know, you know, you just don't really think of like all the layers of what goes on and just to be completely slowed down. 
and to be baby stepped and even with like roles and things like that. And just, I did those for about like a month and a half before I ever even like, you know, locked up. And then there was like a month and a half of like locking up and, and it's just like, and, and footwork and just honing in on that and just taking care of all those little things. So that way, eventually, once I, once I'm somewhere else, nobody has to tell me about those little things. You know what I mean? That was very much their, their motto. They all, they would always say it's the little things that'll get you a job. You know, it's, it's, it's your footwork. It's, you know, uh, being, being coachable and being personable and working well with other people, you know, things like that. Things that, you know, are you, are you sharp? You know, things like that. Are you tactful? Things like that. So away from respect the business and it's the little <laughs> things. Is there something that either um, uh, Bully Ray or Devon told you during the training that has stayed with you? It's really just a matter of psychology and making sure that everything makes sense. That's kind of the overarching, like for all my time spent there, that's really just been the overarching like lesson is to make sure that everything makes sense and to also be strongest the longest that's the motto of the school so it's being strong right now being on point right now today and then being able to repeat it next week and then next weekend next weekend a lot of weeks after that and continuing to like keep up that tact and continuing that professionalism and I, I hope that that sets me apart I don't know. <laughs> just you know keeping up that tactfulness and that professionalism that is the overarching thing. I think that that is sharpened me as a performer too. So heading out into the wrestling world, we're going to talk about some more of you. You wrenching out into the world very soon, but we want to get your second match for your DVD. Before we do that, we've got uh, Crash Holly and Jacqueline from SmackDown. What's your second one going to be then, Trish? Jonathan Gresham versus Daniel Makabe. is a wrestling machine he's also somebody that you've been training with recently as well i know that much why this particular match with gresham and macabre i saw this match for the first time earlier earlier this year very very early this year and it's so interesting because i saw this match at a time where i because i was already you know training with gresham under the um ring of honor dojo for the past year and a half or so uh, but then, you know, COVID happened, so everything just kind of slowed down. And I was just particularly frustrated because I wanted to set myself apart as a performer. And I just, I wanted, I felt like I wanted to be awakened somewhat, you know. 
and I love, love, love psychology. It's my favorite part of wrestling. It's, it's just so threaded in everything that I like to do. And I was just scrolling through, scrolling through, and I'm like, cool. Look at some Gresham matches, boom, boom, boom. I stopped on this one. I don't know what drew me to it. I clicked on it, and I just went down the rabbit hole. This match in particular, it makes sense on so many levels. It's just it's so it's so interesting to just see the two styles, too, and with, you know, both men being such great technicians, just seeing how those bulls just clash. Just, it's just so interesting. I don't know. I just, I, I love psychology and I love to just go back and forth to just pick that body part and to just work that and have that threaded into your entire moveset. I think that is just so interesting. And to see two people on the same page and to see them do that, it just kind of was like, you know, it's like an aha moment. I see something that I can have for myself. You know what I mean? And it sort of like inspired me to begin to, to emulate and try to work that style. So this match really just kind of opened my, my eyes in a more modern sense, you know. Of course, you know, we watch, you know, Dean Malenko, you know, Eddie Guerrero, Kristen Wabi, everybody. You know, we watch, you know, our greats from, you know, the past and things like that. But to see a modern example, to just, I don't know, it just makes so much sense to me to just watch that match. I watch it with, like, such a huge smile on my face, you know? <laughs> Back in the, the 70s and the 80s, it was all about, like, psychological, technical wearing down parts. And then we went through this era where it was high-flying and, 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 yes. and, and sports entertainment. And now it feels like, whilst there, every, there's still a lot, of, a, a lot of big, flashy wrestling going on, like, there is the, this underground movement of technical wrestling's coming back, Ring of Honor spearheading yes. that with the return of the pure championship and uh, yes. it's it's amazing to see that belt back jonathan gresham's been a a master of that and how did you come to to meet jonathan gresham in the first place there was a ring of honor training camp uh last year and i was like shoot i had <laughs> funny story too oh my gosh i'm so full but <laughs> I, had, I had about 300 bucks right and i was like shoot i can either go to this seminar and give it my absolute best, and hopefully it changes, you know, the trajectory—excuse me—trajectory of my career. Or I can, you know, pay a couple bills and you know get myself situated. <laughs> and there've been a couple of times in my career where I've been faced with that decision, whether you know finances were going to go to wrestling or to, you know, and each person is different. Everybody can make their own decision about, you know. But for me, I said. We're going to go wrestling this time. <laughs> you know, I, you know, flip a coin, whatever. No, screw that. We're going wrestling this time. You know, I think that'll, it'll make waves for me personally and professionally. So I was like, all right, bet, let's go. So I went to the training camp and there's a lot of familiar faces there too. So it was really dope to like, see like a lot of people that I trained with at Team 3D there. Just felt like one big family reunion. And I think we all went out there and represented ourselves so well. So much so that, you know, they invited people to come back and train full time. And since I live pretty close to the dojo, about 40 minutes away, 45 minutes away, I was like, that's too easy. And I'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's kind of how it started. And he was uh, in charge of training uh, some of the uh, female do dojo students. So. I, I understand that Jonathan Gresham is quite literally one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. You know, if you, if you ask anybody, I mean, look, he's about in everybody's top five, honestly, you know, 
you, you work with so many promotions around America, but the one that I think you seem to have a, a real kinship with is Hood Slam. Yeah. Pin um, tweet at the very top of their Twitter, I think, says the, the mission statement, we're not for everyone, but we are for anyone. Uh, talk to us about about Hood Slam. Like, I, I, I'd like to think a whole new world is going to discover uh, the greatness that is Hood Slam. I'd like you to share a bit more about it. Hood Slam is so dope. <laughs> I, have, I have such a lovely, lovely relationship with them. Um, they, at a time where, like, I was really just trying to, like, travel more and, and just be somewhat of that journeyman. I live in D.C., and so I was like, what's going on over there? You know, I remember seeing uh, Brittany Wonder, like, a few years ago, and just kind of like, all right, what are they doing over there? And just seeing, like, all the fun stuff that's happening over in, in California wrestling, like, you know, and specifically, like, in, in Oakland and things like that. So seeing what they're doing over there and – I was like, I reached out and I was like, hey, I think there's some cool stuff going on over there. Would it be all right if I like, you know, flew over there one day, maybe just spent a week trained up with y'all and, you know, if, you know, I could maybe stay, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they were, they were with it. You know, Dark Sheik is, is honestly just been such a gem throughout, throughout my career. Very, very sweet. Um, I was able to, you know, hold up for a little bit there and just work a different type of crowd, you know, the, the close up to the ring, you know, that, that 21 and over that, that booming crowd. That's just, you know, don't bring your effing kids, you know, very like, Hood <laughs> Slam is like so counterculture. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And to see the amount of fun that they have, you know, they're just always having some, some fun stuff going down. Like every Friday they, well, pre-COVID, every Friday they would have a show. And on the second Friday of every month were the glam shows. And they started glam as like a way to like highlight women's wrestling on the West coast. And I got a chance to just work with so many dope people and to just still work under, you know, the hood slam banner and to represent glam and to just do so well with them. I just, hood slam's dope. They're doing cool stuff. <laughs> They're doing cool stuff. And you can watch everything that they've ever done ever on IWTV live. So if you got the app, you can definitely go check them out. Uh, some great names have come through uh, Hood Slam, like Brian Kendrick, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, obviously Dark Sheik, Effie, they're part of the show as well. But is there anybody that we should be keeping an eye out for uh, who are part of Hood Slam besides yourself? Oh, Heather Monroe's dope. That's my girl. <laughs> Heather, Viva Van, Ugh, the whole glam squad. They're so dope. Lady K, just strong, smart women. Sandra Moon, everybody's like so dope. They hold their own, Brittany Wonder. They're, they're lovely and they just, they really set a good example, you know, that we're all like so different, yet we're all exactly the same and we all love pro wrestling and we're all performing our art so differently. And under this banner, we're all celebrated for being so different. It's cool to be different there, you know? Nobody's like, ah, you're weird. Nobody's weird there. We're all a little weird there, I guess, <laughs> but, you know? <laughs> you know? But that's that's what I love so much. They have such a, a dope locker room and everybody's so cool and so open there. Uh, I, I love with Slam. Don't you know I will be done talked about them forever. <laughs> They're so cool. I 
I can sing their praises. They're dope. Talking today uh, with via by Skype and via video camera, and to your <laughs> left is what I genuinely believe to be the most beautiful wrestling championship uh, belt yes. in existence, and it is the Pan African World Diaspora Championship. Look at that! That's yes. a beauty, an absolute beauty. So um, you are the first. To hold this yeah. belt, um, talk to us about it. What's the story? Oh, this belt is absolutely beautiful. But what is even more beautiful is all the fun stuff going on at Fight Club. So Fight Club is really just the um, the brainchild of uh, Johnny Cross. Me and Johnny, we joined the uh, we met in the army, so we deployed together. And so I consider him a brother. He is the figurehead and the the mind behind Fight Club Pro Wrestling and this Pan-African World Championship. Um, these were just conversations, you know, back in like 2012, 2013, you know what I mean? We didn't really understand what this all meant. I wasn't wrestling yet. He didn't understand, you know, pr promoting yet. And then, you know, to just fast forward and he's like, hey, I got a design for a belt. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? When did this, hold on, start up, wait a minute, go back a bit. What, what happened here? And he shows me this belt, and I about fall out. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, belts by Dan and Latif Reed did so good on this belt. Sorry, let me bring it up one more time if I can. Hold it as much oh, wait, as you like. Okay, sorry. Honestly, I honestly. Just doing audio. Hold it as yes. much as you want to hold it. <laughs> it's a very beautiful belt. And you know, the, um, the entire purpose behind this the tournament to crown the champion and the mission of fight club is that it's meant to be inclusive and that's something that you know it's been just such a such a gripe about wrestling you know is the whole representation i mean look what would have happened if jacqueline or jazz never wrestled what would i be doing i mean i don't know maybe i would have still become a wrestler who knows you know but to see them change me it changed my trajectory. Hopefully, I hope that someone can see me and that would change something for them, you know, and I want to pay it forward in that way. And that's supposed to be the mission of what this belt represents. It represents a space for all of us, for people that look like me that really never got a shot, that they don't really feel at home at any other place that, you know, feel like they can't be who they want to be and they can't live their art the way they want to do it. You know, that is what I want to represent as a champion. There is a place for black and brown talent to thrive. It does exist. We don't have to, we don't have to dig. We don't have to search too hard. It, it exists and I'm right in front of you. You know what I mean? And that's how I want to project that. So that's the mission behind Fight Club as a whole and this beautiful belt and that lovely tournament, February 15th of 2020. Oh my gosh, I was just such a. I think about that sometimes, and I'm like, oh man, that was cool. <laughs> so there were some big names involved cool. in that tournament. So for you to come out on top, you know, Darius Lockhart, I know, was amongst it as well, and just some oh some phenomenal God. names in there. Brilliant, O'Shea Edwards. I got to work with Elo Neal and Mr. Grimm. Just, just brilliant competitors. The the entire card, the entire locker room at Fight Club is just full of like hungry talent that are willing to like put themselves out there 
and they're willing to do the work, you know, and it's that thing that everybody keeps saying that we don't do. So it's just interesting to see a locker room full of people and see people all over the world continue to do it. So, <laughs> you know, you, you got to showcase um, that title and represent Fight Club at uh, GCW for the culture. It finally happened. I know how devastated you and so many were when when WrestleMania week uh, was completely cancelled. I mean, that hit you hard, didn't it? Oh my gosh, that was, that felt like, I don't know, that just felt like such a hard reset, like too hard of a reset. It felt like a rug just got yanked out from under me. There was just so much planned. I was just, I poured so much money into like, you know, getting things situated. I just won, you know, this beautiful belt and I was just going in full steam ahead and just, you know, didn't really work out. And I mean, you know, the world is experiencing the exact same thing. So I'm not particularly special, but you know, this kind of, it did not feel, did not feel good. I had about six or seven bookings. So <laughs> I just kind of, <laughs> that's part of it, isn't it? Kinda you kinda just hurt. go, you just sit and you do the maths and you go, Oh man, that was, I was going to take a month off after this. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Oh my gosh i was like well let me go pick up some shifts at work <laughs> and then you get fired from both your jobs and you're like oh okay the hardest reset of them all how have you kept going through that like how have you <laughs> barely barely <laughs> yeah same <laughs> oh my gosh i've um just been kind of like leaning on family and friends and just honestly it's been able to like help me like just focus on other parts of my game that maybe weren't as strong. So that way I can be a more well-rounded, you know, competitor. I mean, before COVID, it was just kind of like, okay, wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Got to show this week, show this week, show this week. And now that that wasn't the case, it was like, all right, now we're going to train all week. Boom. And then now, you know, we'll do something else. We'll, I don't know, just kind of like focus on my social media game and then just, just other little things, you know, make sure, you know, you get your merch situated, make sure you have, like, I don't know, there's just a lot of things that, like, go into wrestling that once you stop walking to the ring, you just realize that there's, like, a lot of other stuff that you can kind of, like, make sure is, like, tightened up. So by the time you do walk out to the ring again, you're, you're such a more rounded performer. So it, it helped me, like, get my merch game situated. It helped me, you know, get my social media situated. It helped me, you know, just focus on I don't want to say make a brand out of myself I don't really want to say it like that per se but it's allowed me to like be consistent across it's allowed me to understand the importance of having a set you know it's allowed me the importance you know to understand like you know training and you know now I get to since you know all the safety concerns are what they are I get to be a little more picky about you know how much I'm wrestling so now I can allow time in between so I can, you know, it's just, I, I'm as crazy as things gotten, things have gotten. It's allowed me to reset and get reorganized in a way that I think has really been able to set me apart. So I'm thankful for the downtimes. Before we get to your third and final match, um, we like to spring this on people during the show. Uh-oh. It's all right, it's nothing bad, it's nothing bad. <laughs> okay. um, as well as taking a... Uh, a DVD with three wrestling matches on. You're also allowed to take a movie, an album, and a luxury item. 
So a luxury item can be um, something that has some significance to you, something that can maybe get you through on the island. It can be something useful, like a utility. Um, obviously not a phone to call for help, because that's not the... <laughs> That eliminates the point of the thing, Trish, if we're doing that. I cross out phone. (laughs) Stop it. Um, But so like like a creature comfort, if you will, that you can have. I know in the past, to give you an idea for like luxury items, we've had um, people taking um, their car. That was a Nick Aldis one. That was always a bit weird. Uh, Uh James Storm, who's taking toilet paper. I guess hygiene's important. (laughs) Uh, We've had people taking body pillows and their dogs and their cats. And uh, I think we had Candy Lee on, who's taking a full-length mirror, so she can always make sure she's looking bang on that day, which is important. I can't remember what Viva... I, I wish I could remember what Viva Van was taking, because we had Viva Van on a couple of weeks back. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was... Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, but So that gives you an idea as to who... As, as to what a luxury item is. But we'll get to that in a second. What movie would you take with you, Trish? Uh, um, let's see. Knee Jerk... I would say probably, I like to laugh. I like a good comedy movie. So um, I'm stuck between two. I'm stuck between either Liar Liar or Home Alone 2. Oh, okay. Gosh, I like them both. And they have such nostalgia, like, for me personally. So if I was stuck somewhere, I'd kind of want those, you know, those those happy, good feelings. So something I could quote and still laugh at and it's still kind of funny, you know, and that ages well enough. I guess. Well, you, you had, well, there's Liar Liar, which features Jim Carrey, who did, an, Carrey. Who did an impression of a president recently. And yes. in Home Alone 2, you've got <laughs> Donald Trump, who did an impression of a president for four years. So you've got... <laughs> Horrible impersonation. An awful impression of that as well. Jeez. Um, but I would, oh, I can't choose for you. You've got to, you've got to make the decision. I know. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Oh, wow. All right. I will go with my knee-jerk reaction and just go with Liar Liar. Liar Liar. I love that movie. It's so funny. It's got, like, a really funny overarching story, too. And cringy as well. Like, it's that good cringy comedy, like, when, when he can't control what he's saying in the elevator to the, to the woman yes. with her boobs out. And it's just... You're dying because you know what's coming. And you just... Yes. Every part, of you, every part of you is curling backwards as he's doing it. It's... It's incredible. The, the end credits are the best with all the outtakes. Oh, my gosh. Those always make me laugh. I always laugh. I, I just don't understand. It's always funny. Anyway. It's good to laugh. <laughs> um, how about an album? Oh, that's hard. See, that's that's the hardest one. I find that lately I've been reaching for tracks and tracks and tracks instead of full actual albums. But... Hmm. Honestly, any Jay-Z album would work. Any one of them. I would I would either say 444 maybe or oof. Hmm. Maybe reasonable doubt. That'd be dope. What's what's what between the two? Which well did you listen to either of those on that long journey? On that long car journey to Florida? <laughs> did any of those get played in the car? Oh my god! I listened to every song I ever had. On that car. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was just searching for you know. I always feel like that album, like and Jay Z's music, overarching as a whole, it's kind of just what I pull from when I need that. If I'm at the gym and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be here, you know, or you know, you just feel not as motivated. That's kind of 
what I reach for, you know, um, the 444 album specifically just feels like such an adult version of like, it, it feels like the buttoned up version of like all of his albums. It felt very like a little more stripped down and a little more like who he really is as a person and all of the apologies threaded throughout, you know what I mean? And that's such a transformative album and I really dig it a lot. I think I'm going to go ahead and take that one over over the rest of them. I think I'll take 444. Okay. And how about a luxury item then? What are we thinking for a luxury item? A luxury item? I would honestly bring a chessboard. Are you a keen chess player? Yeah, I um, I just started over the summer, actually. My younger brother plays, like, a lot of chess. He is, like, such a, he is such a brain for it. So he's helping me out with, like, some of my strategies and stuff over the summer, and I've really taken to it. And I think that it's something that will keep your mind busy, you know, over time. And I think it also lends a lot to wrestling, too. I find myself, especially with technical wrestling, you just kind of have to understand those next steps and what you're going to do after those next steps. And then what you're going to do after they do something and you have to do your next steps, you know. So it's just kind of like planning ahead. I enjoy playing chess. I think it, it helps me think. It keeps me, like, sort of sharp. And I think that, I don't know, I think that people that play chess kind of unlocked something in their brain, so to speak. I feel like, I don't know, you know, I feel like I, I'm unlocking something every time I well, it lends itself to that passion you've got for the psychology of wrestling, because with chess, it's all about thinking a couple of steps ahead, having having plans ready for, able to interpret what comes at you at a certain time. It's so interesting, too, because like with your pawns, you can even, I think about it like quite literally, it's like, I wouldn't want to give up any pawn, you know, you know, you have to, you will lose pieces in this, you know, you just, you, you will, that's the nature of the game each with each match you know you're gonna lose a piece or two but it's like you don't want to give anything for free you know what i mean every pawn is like a lockup, and i'm never gonna just give you one for free you know you're gonna have to take every pawn that you want from me i don't care if i got a couple more you're gonna take every one from me you're gonna take every rook you're gonna no you're gonna take all of it Next week, we are joined on Cultaholic Island by former star of Chikara, Game Changer Wrestling, Black Label Pro, and many, many more, Ophidian. We talk about his time in professional wrestling, and we talk about developing characters, not just the in-ring persona, but the costumes that go with it. What I really love about professional wrestling, the stuff that goes on behind the curtain and how, to, how the fabric we choose helps manipulate a live audience or helps them determine who and what you are. You know, it helps kind of influence the way they see a, a persona or the way that we put together a video package, how it you know, generates a feeling out of you of joy or animosity or disgust or whatever, you know, whatever it is we're aiming for, for you to feel about a specific performer. I love that aspect of entertainment. Uh, Crash Holly and Jacqueline, uh, Macabre and Gresham, what's your third one going to be then, Trish? And this was, I, I was wondering too about one or the other, but I went with this one just to, you know, um, not pick another Gresham match, but Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kobashi. <laughs>
wanted to un- I wanted to unlock the sort of aggression within myself. I know it's there. I feel it in there, but sometimes there's still a piece of me that can't be stripped away, you know, and especially in, in wrestling. And I think that I want to strip that part away, you know, and watching them wrestle, it felt like I was watching two people just kind of, it was almost quite literally like watching like two bulls go head to head. And then you see one inch forward and you see another one inch forward. And then you're just like, and then the the inching and then it just gets like, you know, just crazier and crazier and just, just brutal (laughs) in, in, in the best ways. It was just, so methodical and, and so slow and no commentary either. It's just like the roar of like fans and like, and, and clapping and, 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 and chanting and like the silence and just even seeing like, you know, just like how the referee just kind of like, you know, just engages with some of the, the things that's happening right in front of them too. just to, you know, to see everybody just in with it. It's just so cool. And those chumps, Oh my gosh, that was, I just, I watched that match with such a big smile on my face. (laughs) And you can, and it's great because even just reliving it now, you can just see the the expression from your face, how significant that match was and the aggression from that match as well. Just, it's just a a force. That match is an absolute force of nature. So do you feel like that pulled out that aggression within you? Did that teach you about the aggression in wrestling? Yes, and just seeing that. There's like a lot of other matches that I feel the same with as well. And specifically with these two, and just it felt like such a... That the aggression was just something that... It it just sort of awakened me. And I saw that. I saw them do that, and I go, I can have that for myself. You know, all it takes, all you got to do is see somebody do it once. You're like, okay, cool. All right, cool. I saw Jacqueline. All right, cool. Got it. (laughs) That's all I need to see. See in a couple years. You know? So so it's it's, it's sort of like that here where I just feel so awakened to that aggressive side. Just in like a new way. Still technically sound. Still absolutely aggressive. Still like... I really just seeing the fans like just get just get so into it. I live for those moments, and to 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 have those or to ever have those, it just feels so good to just that people are right there with you. And uh, I was right there with them every chop. Incredible. <laughs> I was right there Incredible. with them. It's just brilliant. Just. And we've been with you for the last hour now, and uh, it's been an honor oh, and a privilege. Wow. It's flown by, isn't it? Okay. It's flown by. <laughs> and where can people go to find out all about you? At Trish Adora 202 That's on Instagram and on Twitter. That's where I am. Most of my my things are all there. Um, you can also visit SouthsideSuplex.com if you'd like to watch a documentary leading up to and the, the victory of the Pan-African World Championship, too. If you could say one thing, I want you to go 20 years back and Trish is sat there watching Jacqueline versus Crash Holly, mind blown at a woman that looks like her competing on American wrestling on a worldwide level. 20 years ahead, you are the Pan-African World Diaspora Champion. You are 
celebrating that heritage on the grandest stage, what would you like to say to yourself 20 years prior? I just want to say that, like, oh, see, you're going to spring this on me and I don't want to cry, but I I really just got to say to that little girl that, that you can do it. And you knew you could. You always knew you could. And you let so many things, like, try to tell you no. Nobody can tell you no but you. Nobody can tell you no but you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 